Hey there! You're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends! Woo! So, this is episode... This week... Oh, oh, oh! oh, oh. Go, 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 go! Go, Mary! It's your birthday, not really. Go, Sienna! You can talk first. Okay, uh, well, so, as I was saying, (laughs) um, this week in episode six, we're going to be talking about drunk friends, drinking buddies, um, party friends, Uh, and I just wanted to throw a little disclaimer out there that uh, while we were doing the research, uh, we came across a lot of articles and studies about friendship and like alcoholism and I just wanted to put it out there that this is a podcast not about alcoholism and um you should just know that alcohol is for people of legal drinking age so just like keep that in mind when you're listening to this you know if you're young maybe wait until it's like legal for you to drink and um yeah cool I think that's a good enough disclaimer uh if you want to yeah know more about like um alcoholism and friend groups that sort of stuff um there are some really interesting studies on google scholar so definitely check that out if you're interested in that sort of stuff but we're gonna be talking about the types of friends you make while inebriated and not the dangers of alcoholism so with that being said should we get started (laughs) sure before we go into everything i do want to add to that disclaimer and say we will probably be talking a little bit about drinking in high school um just because that like a lot of let's just be honest and say that a lot of drinking whether it's in small amounts or large amounts it starts when you're younger and um i think that can like build on like how you make friends in high school or it can like show how friendships develop over time with or without the beverage of choice yeah (laughs) so cool there's that i agree okay so mary what 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 should we talk about first (laughs) so um there let's just go right in with this first research article i saw this a couple of years ago so you out there might have seen it before or variations of it essentially the article that i'm using right now which we'll have in the show notes and on the blog is um from elite daily but it like cites a specific research um like a research paper from bruce bartholomew and the paper is called alcohol effects on performance monitoring and adjustment okay well this is a crazy long effects modulation and impairment of evaluative cognitive control which is a lot of words (laughs) but in all essence it simply says that there is a correlation between when you're drunk you tend to say things you didn't mean to say but in actuality you did mean to say them it just sort of like loosens your like social anxiety and you tend to say things that you would have needed a lot more courage in the real world or like in a non-drinking environment to say so there's like this phrase it speaks about the misspoken words of i was drunk i didn't mean it but according to this research that doesn't really mean anything anymore is that you did mean it you just had something to help you say it i totally agree with that um and right before we started recording i i just googled a phrase because i couldn't get the wording right but the phrase is drunken minds speak sober truths and um yeah I, i mean i think that's true what do you think i agree like can you think of any instances in your life where you said something 
that you've always been wanting to say and you said it while you were drunk. Absolutely. I mean, I think that is just why I think I get closer to people at like parties. Not that it's like a long lasting thing. We'll get into that. But um, yeah, I think that there have been plenty of times, even like kind of recently, which is kind of why I just I don't really like to drink that much. Uh, just because I like to have control over what it is I'm saying. And I don't want to like, uh, like, okay, say that I have some important information I want to tell somebody. And I happen to be in a social situation and we're drinking. The, the alcohol does make that easier for me to give out, but that might not be the right time for me to share the information, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's just like, I that's what, one of the things that I struggle with. It's like, I like being able to let down, let my guard down, but I also, uh, it's like at the same time, my uh, anxiety is like, what are you doing? You're ruining everything. And the drunk me is like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had an, uh, uh, oh no, what have I done? Why did I say that? Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been a time that I was like horrified by what I had said. And I sort of felt like the next day looking back, I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I said that. Or it's nice to actually like say it to someone or like something that had been, I can like think of an instance that I had been hearing these rumors about this boy that I liked and I wanted to know the real, re I wanted to know like, <laughs> If it was true or not. Yeah. And so, like, they could have, it could have been a simple question. I think it was, like, simply, like, are you and blah, blah, blah dating? Because that's what I thought. That was what the rumor was. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, easy. That's, like, not a hard thing to say. Like, you just kind of type it out and have to send it. But I didn't have any courage to do it until I was, like, out at a bar one night. <laughs> and I had, like, too many, not too many drinks, but I was, like, definitely, like, drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, like, finally said it. And then that was that. And then the rumor <laughs> ended up being false. And I was like, okay, cool. See, mm -hmm. that was easy. And so the next day I was like, oh, I'm glad. I'm actually kind of glad I did that in a way. Yeah. I, I, I've had moments like that, too, where it's like, you know, until you find out that whatever you were so afraid of ends up being like not a big deal it's okay I think in when I first like got into alcohol like as a as a, a younger person um I didn't really know how to control that or like what the hell I was doing right and so a lot of those like interactions were with like my best friends and like people I was like interested in and so uh, it was just like sloppy you know just like laying it all out on the table and just being like I like you like what are we doing like are we gonna get together you know that kind of stuff so um but yeah I think that that's really interesting I don't think I've read this elite daily article the best way to really like summarize it is is kind of just to read the bold headings here uh -huh. so the first is you know what you're saying even if you don't want to admit it and so essentially it highlights a couple of other uh, research articles. So one of them is by Ferris and Hollingball. Hollingball? Hollingball. <laughs> and this one's about drunk dialing. Um, but it, it highlights some of the five consistent drunk motives. Okay, let's hear those. This is what I was interested in. And it's sort of like what your not only the motives but also kind of the um the effects of drinking has on like social interactions so first of all it's like a social lubricant mm -hmm. and 
I think that's like probably the best way to define like this whole experience when trying to make friends is that it just makes things a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. So social lubricant. And then the next one is for entertainment purposes. Like if you're bored? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, it's just, I mean, we go out and we drink at pubs (laughs) for what other reason than to like have a good time at night. Right. And do something. It's like that basic understanding of it. Wait, so hold up. Are these like five things? Are they like why you drink or why you uh, say stuff while you're drunk? Oh, it's 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 for the motive. So it's why you say stuff while you. Oh, okay. Well, like it is. So essentially, I'm reading it just for everyone's clarification. This is about dial drunk dialing, but it can be like associated with like just speaking with someone. It doesn't have to be drunk dialing. Okay. I think the second one um, for entertainment, that is probably, like, that's my main thing about, like, when I'm drunk and I, like, just say shit. Um, It doesn't have to be good shit, bad shit, just shit in general. Like, I just, I like a little bit of drama and I like to... Just, like, so casual. I just like a little bit of drama. Um, And, yeah, that's – I think that's my number one thing just for entertainment. So the next one doesn't really have any um, relationship to what we're talking about, but it's coordination. So it's, like, this one's more related to the drunk dialing thing. You call someone to, like, coordinate an event or, like, let's catch a cab or whatever. okay. So that one doesn't really have any relevance. But the next one is confession of emotion. Mm, Ah, yes. Ah, yes. The familiar one. <laughs> so here, individuals say to tell a friend or romantic interest that they love or miss them. Mm, yeah. And then the next one is sexuality. So this motive describes due to sexual arousal, arousal to initiate sex or to hook up with someone. Wow. So I guess number four and five can have like relation, but one of them could just not have any emotion connected and it could just be like sexually driven. Hmm. But those are like the five that they highlight. I think like in terms of our, what we're talking about, one and two are the most important. Um, one just being like social lubricant, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, just feel a little bit less anxious about conversations at parties or what have you, especially if you're at a party where you don't know anybody. And then yeah. the entertainment aspect of just, you know, having a little bit of a better time and making conversations with friends a little bit more fun yeah. than like a dumb old sober conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, my dudes? Yes, yes, you're <laughs> so right. Um, Okay, so... I want to talk a little bit about, like, how we are at, like, let's say, peak college party, okay? Okay. So, for me, I used to go to parties with, like, my roommates in college, and we were, like, flip cup champs, and that was, like, my thing. (laughs) I could not do beer pong, and so I used flip cup as a chance to... Um, cheer my teammates on and people thought that oh my god like she's so good at flip cup she must be a great person I don't know (laughs) and um, that was like the highlight I saw like flip cup as like a chance to make new connections because oftentimes it'd be like oh I don't want to play beer pong what should we do and then Someone would be like, oh, let's do flip cup. And then I'd be like, okay, awesome. I've got an in. I can get these people to like me very easily <laughs> because I'm a good coach. So that was like, I think, the easiest way for me to make some acquaintances at a party by like doing drinking games, I guess. Did you do anything like that? 
I get intimidated by drinking games because I'm mm. just like, I'm going to be really bad at it. So I tend to like stay away from them. Um, plus, I'm a very moderate drinker. So I know that if I do drinking games, that's going to like speed up the amount of alcohol that I'm consuming. And I don't really like that. But for me, I'm definitely a floater. So even in situations where I don't really know that many people, I don't like to stay in like one conversation for too long or in the same Mm -hmm. area for too long. This is something I do like everything not just house parties, but like at like events or in high school at like homecoming or whatever, I would like flip Mm -hmm. between groups. And that was more showing that I had like friends in all these different groups and I would like go around to them. Can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. How do you uh, gracefully make an exit from a conversation and how do you then uh, fit yourself into a new conversation with like a different group of people? Because I cannot for the life of me figure out either one of those. Well, at a house party, it's pretty easy or like at an event, you just say, I'm going to go grab like a drink or I'm going to go grab a snack. Okay. That's like pretty easy. Um, Like if you're in the m- like midst of a conversation, then you like kind of have to finish the conversation, then ex- exit. But if you're like in a group of four and you're just listening, mm-hmm. then you can just turn to the person beside you or who you know the best and be like, I'm just going to go grab a drink and then you just don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to remember that. Like... Yeah, because I've, I've got a lot of weddings to go to, so. Or, like, the bathroom is a good excuse. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then entering a conversation. Um, it's always good if you know somebody. Mm-hmm. Something I try not to do is, like, when I get to a party, I don't go and try to say hi to everybody I know. Because that gives me an, a chance to, like, enter a conversation and be like, oh, hey, so-and-so, like, give them a hug. And then just stand okay. there and then I'm into the conversation of whoever they're talking to. Okay. And those are probably, like, the easiest ways to do it. It's definitely easier or harder to get into a conversation. Mm. But back to, like, the whole parties and, and, and drunkenness aspect of it or just drinking aspect of it I think for me the the floating is like just the easiest because then it's less intimidating I think especially if you already have someone you know and then Mm -hmm. usually it's a conversation that you can just jump right into I feel like I'm pretty good at like talking with people and like keeping up a conversation and I'm I'm pretty bold in introductions I think that's another thing is I'm very like if I don't know someone I'll automatically be like hi I'm Mary Aikman and then like Mm. go from there so there's that that's kind of how I am how I meet my peoples Hmm. in college I was definitely much more of like a heavy social drinker because like Um, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but I have a hard time making friends. (laughs) And uh, so I saw like going to parties as like the easier way to make friends because, uh, you know, in a in a college setting, you go to parties, you're going to see people who you will probably see in classes at some point. Um, And so then you kind of bond with them. And I definitely had those like bonding moments with my roommates and um I found that really helpful for me uh, because, I don't know, like, even though, you know, when you're drunk, like, you're drunk and you're not really, like, operating at 100%, like, your best self or, like, your most coordinated self. Yeah. Um, I just found, like, if we were all drunk, it was a more level playing field because, like, maybe the cool person doesn't seem so cool anymore. They seem more normal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess that's that's what I would take away from that. When you um, 
are at a party and you're drinking or whatever, when you're drinking alcohol in a social situation, how do you think you change at all? Do you think that you're like more bold or do you think you're funnier or do you think that you are more um, intelligent sounding? What do you think? <laughs> um, I think I'm a, definitely a little bit more talkative than I would be mm-hmm. normally, um, especially in a big group. I think in sober situations, if it's a group of people, I tend to be quiet. I'll like, you know, speak up here and there, but I'm not going to be leading the conversation. Yeah. But when it's a, a little bit of a less sober situation, then I, I feel like I tend to like gab a little bit more. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on what you're saying when you're just gabbing. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I mean like conversation wise. So like I can think back of like a situation in the past year at a party where we were talking about Game of Thrones and I was just like talking about Game of Thrones because how much I love Game of Thrones. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I can like think back to that time and be like, damn, I was talking a lot. Yeah. And be like, okay, that's interesting. Um, But I'm either like sort of drunk, not really drunk. So you are very aware of everything and you remember everything or I'm like really drunk. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like there's no that like middle way for me. Like, where you're, like, you're pretty drunk, but you can remember everything the next day, and you're, like, you can think back and go, oh, why did I do that? Or, like, I can't believe I did that, or what have you. Yeah. So, for me, it's kind of hard to figure out what kind of drunk I am, because it's either I, like, don't remember, which that don't remember has happened, like, twice, like, in my life. So, that's not, like, a really big issue. Yeah. Or I'm just, like, I've had, like, one or two beers sort of person. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I don't think I've ever been with you when you've, like, blacked out from drinking or whatever so (laughs) like that's surprising for me to hear from you but um well yeah it's only happened like twice so it's not like a thing that happens (laughs) yeah I mean like in college because I definitely use like alcohol as like a social crutch it wasn't like I was like drinking other times but like at parties like I drank and I saw it as like a way to you know um well make friends obviously um and so In college, those were the times when I had those, like, blackout nights, and so I don't really know how I was, like, on those times, but um, I think that the ways that I change when I drink alcohol is, like, I'm a lot more chatty, um, and I I think, well, I, I let my guard down for sure, but in the way that I'm able to hold a conversation longer and I'm less afraid to like state my opinions on things and I think that that's one thing that I wish that I could do more in non well in sober situations as well um just because I think that then I can bring more to the table for conversations and uh without like Mm -hmm. taking stuff too personally because I do that a lot um but like when I'm drinking it's it rolls off my back a lot better um, like okay. if someone, if there's like a disagreement or something, um, I, I tend to react a little more, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, like a, a little nicer or like, oh, well, whatever, like that's what you think, uh, but I know I'm right, so it's whatever, I don't care, sort of thing. Um, yeah, and then I think that going back to the thing about you not really being sure about how you are when you're drunk, like super drunk um I as I've gotten older I don't drink that much and I don't drink that often either so it's like I found more of a middle ground and I think that might be something that just kind of like I don't know once you get older you just get bored of like 
drinking alcohol and then like having a huge hangover (laughs) and also because like in college and stuff like I met so many people and uh it was like a blur basically whereas like now if I'm like drinking I only have like a couple of drinks and it really has to depend on the occasion if I'm like drinking heavily you know like yeah I have to be around people that I I trust and like this is like we've planned to have like a drinking night <laughs> and I have to be ready for it so it's it's definitely not like a spur of the moment sort of thing anymore um but I think that's really interesting uh about not really knowing how you change apart from being like much more talkative so I think that you're really talkative in general though oh, thanks <laughs> I mean I know I am <laughs> I am on one-on-one situations, I think, but in groups, it's different for me. Yeah, I could see that. At least that's what I've been, like, that's what I've noticed. But something that I thought of is that I don't think a lot of the time I drink to make friends, like, meet new people, make friends, but I drink to make better friends with people I already know. Yes, I think that that's how I use it nowadays, whereas, like, in college like you go to a a a kegger as it's called or was called back (laughs) in the day and um you'd feel weird if you didn't have like a cup in your hand you know and so it's just one of those things like sure the cup the cup could be empty but it's like you want to feel like you're participating in this thing that everybody else is doing right doing that makes it feel like cool i'm i'm one step closer to being a part of a group you know what i'm saying (laughs) I'm trying not to sound like really weird about this, but like I'm a weird person, so that's that's all she wrote. <laughs> well, I was gonna mention that I I think it's really I I don't want to say like strong or I don't want to like belittle the act of someone who like just doesn't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of my friend Stephen who he just does he doesn't drink and everybody else around him drinks and he hosts parties at his house mm. like all of the time yeah but he doesn't drink at all and i think that's really interesting that he can like be not only like maintain these friendships and like be fine that people that everyone pretty much just is like okay and everyone just lives with it and no one really cares and it's totally fine and i wish that was sort of like a um more um Something that happens more often is that people feel like they're comfortable and don't feel judged for simply not drinking in social Mm. situations. Right. So let's talk about that really quick. Um, Just a little like brief background on my history with alcohol. Like I was like straight edge all throughout um, school and like up until I finished my senior year of high school. And then I had like my first drink and then I was like, oh my God, I don't have to be so anxious. This is awesome. (laughs) And then I went to college and like used alcohol to make friends. Um, And then I grew up a bit and decided, you know, eh. Drinking is for the birds. And now um, I'm at a point where like we go to um, my husband's parents' house and they're like, oh, do you want something to drink? And they don't mean like, do you want a glass of water? Do you want a cup of tea? Do you want like a, a, a Sprite? They mean, do you want like a gin and tonic? Do you want a glass of wine? And so every time I'm like, oh, no, water's fine. And they're, they always kind of like, I don't know. It feels like they're judging me a little because I don't want alcohol and it's like I don't want alcohol because like we just came over for dinner and it's not like 
I want to drink, you know? It's right. I, I don't need to. That's something I noticed too. Yeah, about um his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's totally a thing. And especially in England, I feel like um drinking is not only just an activity people do together, but it's like you're not really a human if you don't drink or something crazy like that. And I feel like there's such a stigma against people who are, as they say, teetotal. Um, so I find that really, like, super lame. Well, I will say, I don't know if there's any correlation, but after moving to the UK, like, I didn't drink that much. And then I drank a lot more than I ever have in my life when I was in England. <laughs> and I'm like, is this because of the English? But also, I made a lot more friends a lot more easily in that time as well. And I don't yes. know if there's any relation to those two things. But like every event mm. that I would meet new people at would either be at the pub or at like a YouTube event where there was alcohol or at like a house party where there was alcohol. Right. So I don't know. Well, I think that is very interesting. And you know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, let's dive into making friends at parties a little more deep. Okay. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Sienna. Thank you for listening to episode six of Make New Friends. Your support and your encouragement helps us so much. So thank you uh, for listening to the podcast, tweeting about it, all that stuff. But anyway, let's get on with the break, shall we? This week on the blog, we have a guest blog post by none other than Tilly Jeanette. And Tilly's post is actually so good, you guys. You should go read it because it's essentially a toast to friendship, like the kind that's, shall we say, brewed and bottled at the pub. See what I did there? I know, super clever. Um, But definitely go check it out on the blog. It's a great blog post. I think you guys are really going to like it. By the way, for those of you who listen to the podcast primarily through, say, the podcast app or Google Play or Stitcher, Did you know that we have a website? Because if you don't, we totally do. In the show notes each week, we have a beautiful illustration drawn by the wonderful and incredibly talented Maddie Vianne at Maddieology on Twitter. And honestly, you guys, you need to check out these illustrations because if you haven't already, like they're so incredible. I'm obsessed with them, honestly. She's done a fabulous job. But make sure you head on over to the website at makenewfriendspodcast.com and check them out because they are so, so good. I'm not even joking. Like Maddie is insanely talented. Anyway, I also want to take a moment to remind you guys that we don't pay for advertising for the podcast. So if you like what we're doing here at Make New Friends and you want to see us succeed and grow, then make sure you're you're spreading the good, good word, my dudes. That's right. Tweeting, telling uh, your co-workers, bus drivers, maybe your dentist, I guess. Um, tell them about the podcast and who knows, you might just end up with a new friend out of it. Wait, hold up. Make New Friends, the podcast, might be how you could make new friends? Sorry, I think I just, like, um, figured out life. Uh, But while I go figure that out on my own time, I think that's about all I have to say here. The next episode of Make New Friends will be out on July 19th. And that's it. All right, back to the episode. Welcome back. That was a fun break. I hope you thought so too. <laughs> what about you, Sienna? 
What'd you think of it? I'm sorry. I just can't take Mary Aikman seriously, like, ever at all. But going back to Mary Aikman, um, before the break, you were talking about how when you moved to England, you started drinking more and coincidentally or not, I guess we'll find out, you made more friends. Uh, Do you want to talk a bit about that? So, like, set up the situation. Okay. So, New Year's Eve 2015. (laughs) Get in the time machine and go back a bit. (laughs) I'm invited to this party by this girl. Her name is Ella. And I had met her like once (laughs) Uh at a pub event that I knew. I didn't know her, but the girl that I was with, Olivia, she knew Steven and Ella and I met them at the pub. And then... We went to the South Bank in London um, with a couple of other people. Um, she invited me. Ella is, like, the perfect person you want around to make new friends because oh, she, like, she will have met you one time for, like, an hour and then she'll invite you to go do stuff. Oh, that's nice. And that's, like, perfect person. And so she invites me to go to South Bank and hang out with a couple more people. And then she invites me to go to this house party for New Year's Eve. And this is, mind you, like... Three months into me being in England, really didn't have any friends beyond the people I knew from my course and my roommates. So I was like, yes, I will go to this party where I only know two people. I'm fine. (laughs) And it was a, um, what I would call a costume party, but they in England call it a... (laughs) Fancy dress. Oh my God. Fancy dress. And so this is the first fancy dress party I was ever invited to. And I was really confused about the title of it being called Fancy Dress. And I accidentally commented in the Facebook group about it being Fancy Dress. And then I deleted it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember. I think you were actually hanging out with me. Oh, yeah. You explained it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you explained it that what fancy dress was. Anyway, I go to it and um I didn't get like drunk or anything at or did I? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like tracing back. I think I was a little bit drunk uh, on because I can remember on the way home I had to take like the tube because it was running. It was like. 2 a.m. or something and the tube and then I could only get it so far so that I had to get a bus oh wow or it was a bus and then tube and I was like texting someone and I just remember being kind of drunk anyway <laughs> so I didn't know anybody at this party and I pretty much met everyone I ended up being friends with at the end of the year at this one party wow and it's just like because of being thrown into that environment and just being like you know what just drink and try to make new friends and I and I tried and it was it took a while before a lot of these people like I would hang out with them regularly like at least once a week you know mm. and there was people that I ended up not meeting but knowing that was at the party so there's this person called Mike and I remember standing in the hall and there's this thing that everyone does whenever a, like a catchy song comes on they like sing it to Mike Dean's name so <laughs> I'm standing in the hall and like this whole group of people start screaming Mike Dean, Mike Dean to like the rhythm of a song. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I didn't meet him until like at least a month and a half later. And then he ended up being one of like my closer friends at the end of the year. But I kept seeing all these people repeatedly at events where there was alcohol. Like there was hardly any time where I would just hang out with them and there wouldn't be any at all. Right. And I don't know if that had any relevance, but... It's just very interesting knowing my past where I didn't really drink that much and had a hard time making friends. Yeah, that's really interesting. You can't see me, but I'm making big, like, 
Big gestures. <laughs> gestures of what? <laughs> question mark? Question mark? So anyway, that's the story of London and drinking and me. Interesting. Interesting. So since you've moved back to America, um, this might be like a little hard hitting, but do, do you think that those friends you made in England at parties, like, do you think that they're still like your friends in the same capacity or how has that changed since you're not around to go to those parties? I would say yes and no. Like there's definitely a section of them that like are still my friends mm-hmm. and that we like hang out occasionally on like hang out, Google Hangouts or I'll like text them or chat with them. Um, and then there's another section that, like, no, like, if I went to London and I needed somewhere to stay, like, I know that they'd be like, sure, you can stay with me. Like, those kind of friendships. But we're not, like, talking still. Like, I don't talk to them every day. Right. But that's a hard question for me to answer because that's how I am with, like, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter the kind of friendship or where I met them or how. That's just sort of, like, I don't talk to people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I've talked about in earlier episodes. So that, like, research and trying to figure out, like, a correlation there would be a little bit difficult because I don't have, like, a constant to weigh it against. Yeah, I mean, I've been in similar situations, like, moving from uh, where I went to university um, and moving away from that friend group. Those sort of connections really started to lose their, I guess, strength because of the distance and everything and also like drinking is like a social activity and um if that's like what your friend group does to to like hear about what everyone's gotten up to or make plans for the next thing and if you're not there you know that can be damaging to I guess where you fit in in the friend group too right I definitely get a lot of like FOMO yeah a term I absolutely despise but it, it <laughs> does like it illustrates what I feel. Yeah, I know. I hate that term too. But um, yeah, I used to have that a lot, like um, especially when I first moved away because it was like, I'm, I'm not that far, but like too far to go, you know, but like obviously being in a different country, like, yeah, you can't go at all. You can't just like sporadically show up and go to this party that's tomorrow because it's like... If you're traveling from America to the UK, like, good luck. Good luck because the time zones. So since you went to the UK and you started drinking and you made all those friends, do you think that you would do that in America? Yeah, if I was in the right place. Mm -hmm. I haven't really made any friends since I've come back. Like, I have my work friends, which we'll talk about in a later episode as well. Like, there's a couple times when they've, like, asked me if, hey, you guys want to go get a drink after work, blah, blah, blah. And mostly because of when the time work ends and where I live, it's very difficult for me to say yes because that means, like, I'll be driving home, like, really, really late. Mm. Um, And I don't like to do that. So I haven't really made any friends. I don't know, like, and there's just not parties and stuff going on. Like, Mm. I don't know anyone who's left in my town who has, like, house parties. No, I feel you. Like, I think once you reach a certain age and, like, you and your friend group are out of university or, like, out of, like, that sort of institution where everyone's kind of, like, living together and you have similar schedules in terms of, like, what you're doing – the opportunity to like have people over and like have a house party is just slim to none you know everyone's operating on different schedules people live in different places and also like 
I don't know. Personally, I just don't see it as like that fun. Like as a homeowner, I don't want my shit getting wrecked. Right. (laughs) So yeah, like I just don't really see it as a priority as much as I guess Mm -hmm. I would have being younger. Even after my experience in the UK, I would definitely put before alcohol or drinking um, eating together mm. is for me like that's what I've always felt is the number one way for me to make friends with people um, because it's like a communal setting and it's very like low-key you don't have to worry about appearances like you're just eating mm. and enjoying something that you all kind of have in common so even if you don't know someone that well like you could just start by talking about the food you're eating or like yeah I find that to be a little bit easier and Throughout my life, that has always been, like, one of the key reasons I've made friends with people. It's like, was I sitting with them at lunch? Yes, no. Did I get invited to go out to eat with them and their friends? Yes, no. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Or coffee or something that's, like, a little bit more low-key and, like, at a table. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I prefer. Yeah, the coffee date is a good one. One thing I just wanted to add about, like, eating food with other people. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one who gets this, but I'm sure that some other anxious person out there feels this way too i hate eating in front of people that i am trying to catch up with or like find information out like people haven't seen in ages like i um i went out to dinner with my aunt and her family who were visiting england uh from california and i hadn't seen them in literally eight years and i was the last person to finish my food because i was just catching them up on like what i'm doing because they had so many questions for me and it puts a lot of stress on me because i'm like (laughs) shit I need to eat my food but I also need to like keep this conversation going so that they know that I care and stuff so yeah um I think having like a drink like coffee or water or uh, alcohol you know drinking is a lot easier to handle while talking rather than eating because like you know full mouth yeah that's very true right (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's why there's a little I mean other than the fact the effects of alcohol but maybe that's why it's something that is a little bit more common for people to like yeah if you're meeting in a social group let's go out for drinks rather than let's go out for food yeah um because they don't tend to be cheaper like they're probably going to be the same amount if you get like more than one drink so yeah for sure in terms of uh using alcohol as a social lubricant i think it as like an adult i think a, a what i assume to be a good way to meet people and i guess what you would call like network as an older person um is like to go out for <laughs> drinks or like go to happy hour or whatever you know right. i feel like that's the most common way but as someone who also doesn't really enjoy going out for drinks i'm stuck in the middle like you know kind of being like well i don't want to drink but i also like want to make friends so what do i do i don't know do you have any advice <laughs> no <laughs> just do it nike symbol <laughs> just suck it up and take a shot <laughs> It can be hard for someone to give tips on that to someone who is, like, a little bit more socially anxious, where I'm not so much. And so, like, for me, like, my first idea is just, like, just do it. But that's not how it works for some people. Because, like, there have been times when I've been like, I'll just just do it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then I explode from anxiety. Mm. So, you know. I guess, like, have a drink before you leave. Yes. Honestly, that's probably the number one thing I would tell myself is, like, do whatever I can ahead of time to like ease my anxiety going into the situation. So if if it's like, 
I'm going out to eat with people and I know I'm going to be catching up with them. Maybe I should have a snack beforehand. So if I don't like finish my meal, I'm not starving. Same sort of thing I would assume could apply to going out for drinks like Maybe just make sure, make sure you're comfortable, make sure you're good. You don't have to have an alcoholic drink. You can have like a soda yeah, or whatever, you know. Placebo effect anyway. Yeah, I mean, don't let anybody like pressure you into drinking if you don't want to. Right, 100%. Yeah. Which is like something I definitely feel in high school was a little bit of a, for you probably felt the same way because I'm sure you went to parties but you just didn't drink at them yeah well so weird thing um (laughs) for a while I like wasn't invited to parties because I didn't drink and oh really yeah because like they knew like oh she's she doesn't drink like oh my god she's like straight edge so she won't have any fun or whatever um but then once I like got my like learner permit I could like drive people like on the down low (laughs) and so I kind of became the DD and uh so I was able to go to the parties but like I had no interest in drinking because like I cared more about my grades at that point yeah um and then once I finished school I was like uh let's see what this drinking is all about (laughs) I think I have a similar like I was more like I don't want to drink because I don't Honestly, I don't really see any appeal in it. And that's the same way I feel about, like, drugs. I'm just like, meh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. And then also it was, like, a combination of, of, like, just not wanting to disappoint anyone and um, worried about, like, my future, my grades and all that. Like, (laughs) anything like that. But um, I tended to be, like, the mom. Mm. Oh, yeah. And you'd, like, clean up, right? Right. I remember one after one party in high school – my friend Caroline had like uh, like a 24-pack of uh, red Solo cups in her closet. And she was like, oh, we can just use these. And so like in order for her mom not to find out, we- I washed all the red Solo cups the next morning and put them back into the closet <laughs> in the like plastic sleeve. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and at that same party, Caroline tried to make a peach cobbler like she's like drunk and like wants to make a peach cobbler and she like turns on the oven she like doesn't make a peach cobbler all she does is like put a can of peaches and like cinnamon into a pan and then she put it in the oven and I like had to go and turn off the oven oh my god (laughs) and I just like let it sit in there and then they like tried eating it and I was just like oh my god this is ridiculous (laughs) oh my god but those are some like fun stuff that I can laugh about as like a third party watch like watching it happen Mm -hmm. and be like wow see I didn't have to be like in it yeah to have fun or like it be a fond memory for me in the future and I think for especially her Caroline because she was a friend from camp her group of friends from her high school I definitely became closer with them by being able to like see them more often at these parties because they went to another high school yeah so it was a little bit easier in that relationship of, like, building it on around, like, party making um, just because then I could see them more, you know? Yeah, I agree. Do you have a um, a story, a funny story that you want to end with of, like, making a friend or, like, you can remember a really cool part of a friendship you have with someone? Yes. Okay, so um, in – I think it was probably, like, the summer between high school and college or – Something like that. Um, One of my friends at the time was dating a boy. 
and like I'm talking like a boy like a high school boy um but like we were the same age me and my friend and we were at my mom's house and she had bought this literally like I kid you not a 10 pound bag of gummy bears and uh she'd put it in like this huge jar and I don't know how but we had a bottle of I think vodka or Captain Morgan's. Oh god. And we were we just went in my bedroom, took the giant jar of gummy bears and me and my friend's boyfriend, we were just like like sitting on the bed just like eating gummy bears getting wasted and like my friend was driving so they were just sitting there and just like watching us be so fucking stupid wasted on gummy bears and vodka <laughs> yeah so that was great because like that was one of those instances where I wasn't super great friends with that person but that became like our inside joke just like yeah gummy bears because we named one of the gummy bears something stupid and so we would just reference that the next time we saw each other and from that there was kind of this like like, we'd hang out and maybe, like, you know, get up to shenanigans. Like, maybe, like, drink, have a gummy bear, something classy. Um, <laughs> but it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, uh, I'm not friends with that person. And once my friend broke up with them, uh, we didn't keep in touch. So that's one of those things where it's, like, you know. Oh, yeah. I have a ton of um, stories with friendships starting at, like, parties and not really carrying out to the rest of my life, I guess. I don't know how to explain that. But it's just one of those things where it's like you feel really close to the person because like you're both drunk and everything's crazy and it's a fond memory most of the time, you know. So I don't know. I think that if you're in a social situation and you want to drink, maybe you should. I don't know. Uh, Do what you think is best. As long as you know your limits, it is a good way to meet new people. And I feel like you can't really dispute that. Yeah. It's just a good way to meet people. And sometimes it can be damaging. So you do have to watch because sometimes it could go the opposite way where you drink too much and it ends friendships. Yes. So (laughs) you have to like find that happy middle of it just makes you a little bit less anxious, less nervous, and able to um, approach a situation in a way that you probably would like to if you were sober. Right, yeah. And also, like, drink responsibly, not just for you, but for your friends. Because if you're the only person who's drunk and they have to take care of you, that's going to put some strains on your friendship. And, you know, you might want to think twice before you do 17 shots on the bar, you know, like, just... Drink responsibly, folks. Yeah, and it all will work out fine. If you're afraid that you're going to meet someone or, like, hang out with people and you feel this great connection and then you're afraid that when you're sober and you you meet again, it's just not going to be the same, like, most of the time it works out. Yeah. If everyone was, like, only slightly drunk or just drinking a little, you're going to remember all the conversations you had and you'll be able to start back where you were when the party ended or what have you. So don't worry about that portion of the friendship where you have to cross the bridge of, oh, we're no longer drunk. Is this going to, like, work out (laughs) sort of thing? Yeah, like, try not to stress out about that too much. And that's, like, something I struggle with. Just being like, will they like me now that it's, like, daylight and I'm not super funny and opinionated? Like, I'm still that person, but um, 
I'm that person once you get to know me. Right. Agreed. She is. I was going to be like, that's you, though. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's really only me, like, if you know me. And I think that when I'm drinking, that part of me is, like, unlocked. It's like you skipped the first level and you're on to, like, friendship level two featuring me, you know? Like, so, yeah, it's just, I think... It, it can be a good tool. Just make sure that you're mm-hmm. you're using it responsibly. Yeah. I just want to make sure. That would be a good title. What? Friendship Level 2. Oh, my God. Me. <laughs> I'll make that um, the title of my first book. Oh, awesome. I, I'm going to be in the pre-sale Oh, lineup. my gosh. I'm there. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today. You want to send us out there, my friend? Yeah, sure. Thanks for listening to Make New Friends. Do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share? Email us at makenewfriendspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at newfriendspod. Special thanks to our producer, Alex Papworth, and music by Max Wallace. For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week. Bye!